deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey there, everybody. Roy Scovel here. And Daniel Van Kirk. We just want to let you guys know that if you enjoy Pen Pals, uh, our podcast that comes out every single Wednesday, then you might enjoy bonus episodes in our Patreon that come out every single Monday. That's four episodes a month. It's only $5, and they are all follow-up letters. So we hear back from our Pen Pals about whatever they're going through or sandwiches that they love or whether or not they like their new haircut. We hear from them. We read their letter, and then you hear them as well. Yep, that's that it, right? Uh, that's it. And okay. it's at Patreon dot com slash pen pals if you want to be my friend you had better go and get a pen and maybe we can keep in touch like they did in the old days it wasn't so long ago moment what a real moment for the loyal listeners you know what we used to also do patrick keenan the winter winter sounds ladies and gentlemen if you get a chance go to apple rate review subscribe tell people just tell people this show is worth your time just tell people that here's the thing if you're listening right now and you like this show yeah hit pause Go to Apple Podcast for a second. Mm-hmm. Give us a big review. You might already be there. If you like the show. If you're sitting here going, well, I've never heard the show. Daniel and I do not want dishonest reviews for the sake of a review. If you like this show, go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review or whatever it is, four mm-hmm. stars. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And write, I think I think people would like this show if they just gave it a chance. Or whatever you want to write. Yeah. And you, I can't tell you how far... That helps our show get. I agree. So if you like it, do it. And if you don't like it, don't do it. And if also if you don't like it and you're willing to keep listening, give us a chance to win you over. Yeah. Now we only have one month left of shows. Until it's what all if that over. was how casual we were about it. People were like, what? And so now this is our last show. We're still asking for that. This is the last show. <laughs> what percentage do you put? I, I want a real... If it was me and you You'll on get a one. drive somewhere. You'll get one. What percentage do you put that we get Michael Keaton on the show someday? Is it is it crazy that I genuinely think a hundred percent? I genuinely am I am I, will, I am convinced it will happen. I swear on Rochelle, I'll tell you what my percentage was. One hundred and one percent. Seven. That we will? Yeah. Oh, you don't think we'll get him? I just put the the odds right now at like about seven percent. What do we have to give us the confidence of a hundred? I want it. Just spirit. So bad. I have spirit. You know. Yes, I do. I okay, have I have spirit. Okay. But what I want to know is, how about you, Daniel? I have, you have spirit? spirit, but you can't. Spirit don't dig a ditch. 
I it can. No, it can't. Ghosts. You don't think ghosts dig ditches to try to kill Wouldn't that people? Be the worst. Spirits dig. Well, ditches. no, I'm just saying your ghost, your life as a ghost is still doing your job. <laughs> oh my god. On the next family members. <laughs> <laughs> On a very special family members. Grandpa's not around anymore, but he's still clocking in. I'm not going to lie. I don't know why I think it's 100%. I love the optimism. I don't want to sway you. I'm fully because convinced. Because we both have our reasons. I'm fully convinced. You think it'll be a live one, like yes. at Largo? Yes. Yes. Or somewhere. When we were with Jay Larson, I don't know which order this comes out. Is it after? This is before. Oh. When we have Jay Larson on in the later, future, and we mentioned uh, we mentioned Ian Ziering, I thought it'd be great to have Ian Ziering on the podcast. Wouldn't that be great? Yes, a hundred percent, we will. Even, <laughs> but even somebody like Tony Danza, who we also talk about with Jay later in the future, is. Do you ever think somebody's like like he's like yeah I'd do one of those podcasts? Nobody asks me. I think like he's like I, I would do. But I, I think that is true for more people than you'd. Think. I would one hundred percent agree. Yeah. Sometimes and you go, oh, you can't get them. And I go, I bet you, you actually could. Dude, if they could just, here's the thing. They have to hear an episode and decide and go, oh, those th- they sound like they are fun to hang out with. I've and seen chat TikTok with, accounts you know? of people's podcasts, and they are talking to people that I'm like, how the fuck did this podcast in Indiana? They just tried. Yes. They just asked. Yes. I mean, I you think and I are both people, know it in this business. I, I, would you, would, so you, I'm, I'm saying what you've already affirmed. Persistence But Chad out. and Lissa, you can affirm or deny as well. Isn't it just, there's a high, a very real possibility that somebody of the the notoriety and the, 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 the I don't know. the Just say a star. Yes. A star. Like Tony Danza is like, I do a podcast. There's no, no, I've never, never been asked to do I one. I don't know where you do them. Nobody, nobody asked me to do yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think actually a lot of those people, a higher percentage, is nervous about doing it. It isn't them going, I actually think I'm above this. No, I don't think that's the case. I agree. I think there's a high percentage of them going, oh, I'm going to bomb or not be funny or I'm not, I will, I think maybe people think a certain thing of me and if I come on here and I'm like a dud, I don't want them to know I'm a dud. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's true for some people. I think there's a fear of it because well, I you and your- I do this as our job that doesn't mean an author or an actor even an actor we would go yeah but it is their job but it isn't the to be themselves is not their job specifically whereas you and i this is just an extension of what we have been doing for you know over a decade anyways i don't think he would ever do it but like who's to say that even somebody like stephen king wouldn't be like oh that's fascinating to me you guys get these letters and you learn about people's lives yeah i'd love to do it yeah he's like are you kidding me i'm a storyteller do you know him do you know Stephen we know King? of each other. we will get him a hundred percent do you really you really think this can i i'm sorry i'm beating a dead horse i love your enthusiasm. i do think it i mean you couldn't change it you couldn't change it with if you legitimately were arguing right now. I know. I will not because I, I want it to happen. I know, but I'm saying it's a hypothetical. If you were legitimately arguing right now that it's just not possible to get Michael Keaton, it will. It still wouldn't convince me because it's not me that's being swayed by what you – you could make great points. And I, I, and I would just sit there going, I know. I just I, – it's, it's beyond me that is certain it will God, happen. I hope we do. It's beyond me. I hope we do. Let's go to the letters. Dear pals and pal nation. Love it. Welcome to this letter. Let's get right into it. Like millions of Americans during the Great Resignation, I quit my high-paying but high-stress job with unpredictable hours in consulting and joined a large nonprofit organization. There were many reasons why I quit, which I won't get into now, but basically I took a 50% pay cut for a lower-stress job, a more regular schedule, and to try something new. Sounds good to me. I kept in touch with my old consulting colleagues. After some informal talks and meetings, I am set to rejoin my old company after only 10 months in the nonprofit world. I read somewhere that the term is called boomeranging because, of course, there's a term for everything. They gave me my old job with a 20% raise and the potential to carve my own career path within the firm. And now I have a better understanding of how to put up better boundaries and manage my time better to prevent future burnout 
We'll see how it goes. Good for you. I thought I had enough pride to go to not go back to any old jobs, but as someone with a family and a mortgage, I had to swallow that pride for better financial security. My question for you pals is, would you return to any of your previous jobs? If so, which one and why? Y'all are the best. Your pal, Rob from Washington, D.C. Thank you, Robert. Yes. Um, we have reviewed your application we for letter look. acceptance. And we are more, than, more than overjoyed. Mulling it. Oh, we're still mulling it. I don't know. Okay. Um, but there's a fun... There's first like, off, congrats for having the audacity to quit right. your job. Yeah, there's, there's room here for thoughtful uh, response and commentary on his situation. And then it's also fun because... We could talk about a job we would go back to and why of the ones we've done. And I know we've both done quite a few. Yeah. I bet I could pick one of yours. Okay. Uh -huh. What um, do you think, Roar? I think that it makes sense that at a point in your life, you were like, you know what? I'd rather just take less money because the stress is killing me. I don't like the schedule. And I just, I want, like you said, try something new. Mm -hmm. I think that is very commendable because that, it, that, that dollar sign is what keeps a lot of people who can. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who can't. They right. don't have choices. Sure. But if you do have the choice and you think you can make it work, um, th I think there's something to be said about taking that leap because you know what's good for you. And the stress is not good for you. The schedule is not good for you. You felt like you were being taken advantage of. So I think that's very uh, commendable. I think that's that's an awesome... Uh, awesome thing to uh to do on the flip side of that people who don't have the choice and are stuck in jobs because they need money they're stuck in two jobs three jobs uh they can't afford to even live in this country because they aren't taken care of enough through uh their wages or any of their health care what have you uh put a put a an area of grace for those people in your heart when you see them because they can't just go, ah, you know what? I actually want to quit and I'm going to go try something else because you know, they would, if they could, that they're not happy and they're just making it work. Oftentimes not for themselves. They're doing it for the sacrifice of a loved one, their kids, their parents, if they're supporting them. So keep that in mind. Uh, when it comes to people with jobs, know that a lot of people don't fucking want to do the job that they have. And sadly we live in a society where they can't do those things. On to my second point, Daniel and I are very fortunate because while we took a risk at a job that had no money for a very long time, mm -hmm. I will say with absolute certainty, we did it because it truly brought us uh, joy and happiness and it was a fun fucking job. Now, during that time period, early on in our careers, mm -hmm. we were working jobs. I was working jobs, uh, several jobs to try to make it work while I aimed at trying to one day be in a position like this where we have a podcast and we can entertain people and I can get on stage or I can act in things. Um, Did any, but, were any of those jobs very stressful? Um, By nature, I would expect they shouldn't have been because you that's not why you were there. You know sure, what I mean? Sure. I but, think that was a big relief. The fir My first job when I moved to D.C., um, hint, <laughs> this is a DC lottery. Yeah. That's how we work it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But my first job was working for a um, consulting firm, and I was just basically a secretary, but it was for, for a consulting for, firm. Like, we had this guy, his name was Rob. He was like, oh, my family. And he was like, do your fucking job. And I was I like, like, what happened to that guy? I don't know what happened to him, but he <laughs> ruined our company. Um, and you're like, and then they hired him back. Yeah, but my job was like, very stress-free because it, there wasn't a lot for me to sure. do, but yeah. also because my focus was not that job. Now, which is interesting because if I, I bet in a way job, you set boundaries at that job. Yeah, they knew yeah, where they could tell. where you wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right? I think they appreciated that because I think they were also like, "Great, so this guy just pay him this, and we'll increase it a little bit over time." But he's not trying to like get move up. He's not trying to move up, so we don't just sit here going, "Oh, well, we got to move Daniel up. He's been here for two years." They that was not the case mm -hmm. uh, with me, and I think they maybe appreciated that. Um, but I think the fact that you went back and you got to do it on your own terms and you got even more money is a pretty awesome thing uh, to do because, again, you made another choice uh, for yourself, 
and you said, oh, I don't mind going back. I will go back, and mm-hmm. now I've, I've said it in this straight. So I, I think both decisions are impressive. It's hard to do that. It's hard to make take a leap like that. A couple of things, too. You obviously left amicably, so that's a lesson learned right there. Yeah. You never know where you're going to go back. In our world, we've talked about this, your opener three years ago could be a showrunner next year. Yeah. Like, so... Could be a massive movie star. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So... Uh, if when when uh, when possible, uh, you know, don't give people more kindness than they've uh, earned, but um, but when possible, like keep things amicable. You never know. He ended up back there. Yeah. He obviously also gave this company the opportunity to see what almost a year without him was like. Yes, and they're smart. Like, I mean, we they're like we want you back. Yeah, right. You're a valuable player. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I did have a bit of a career path for a while i mean that you started essentially 10 years before i did yeah and um i remember the stress those sunday night blues yeah yeah and uh it's so funny because in those times because doing what we do now and you you have as well i've had extremely super stressful laying on the couch in the middle of the day with the lights off for a minute. Like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. But if someone would have said to me in that <clears throat> first career path I went down, um, you're super stressed? I go, yeah. And they go, well, do you wish you could quit? I would go, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And then in this scenario, somebody goes, Daniel, you're super stressed? I go, yeah. And they go, do you want to quit? I'd go, no. Right. Yeah. No. Well, so it's a different flavor of stress. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So when someone, in it, it's it, maybe it isn't what you love. They always say, do what you love. I'm always like, no, work what you love. Yeah, yeah. Because it's still work. Yeah. Uh, work what you love. Yeah. Um, I think about, that, like you said, yes, you took that pay cut, but giving yourself that stress, saying, like, I don't need this much stress. We yeah. can figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's a, he didn't know it was just going to be almost a year-long break, but it was. Right. So healthy. Yeah, yeah. Um, So let me ask you, Roar. If any of the things you ever did would have turned into a career path for you, yeah, which one would you do again? That's so interesting. Would you go back to? I don't. I don't totally know. I, often, I have an answer for you, but I'm. I, 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 when you said that, I actually would like to hear it. I actually uh, would like to start there. If it I was your own, if, I'll, if I it was like, your own yes. career, you it was your own yes. cart. You you were. But we're talking about going back to a yeah. old job. P- paint being a painter. Yeah, painting. I think. I think like you go in. All right, here's how much I would charge you. Yeah. You get your music or your podcast or your news or whatever it is, and you or a book on tape, you know, which other yeah. town is reading. And you would paint, and I just see you being like, I did a good fucking job in here. Well, think, and like I just kind of see I could see a Rory who's like Yeah. He, I think I think it's definitely not an office related thing for me. No. But I think it's uh, performative. There is something performative in being a painter, even if it's just walls. Well, I think did you do a good job? Because like, like, it wasn't like that. I love doing that, but I, I know. think in the world of going, if I had to go back, I would approach it differently because I would then go, oh, because my focus is not on stand up or this other career, and I really am here going. All right, the money I make painting is the mo- that is all the money that I have. Um, I'm going to focus on not only learning how to do this. But I then my I would then set a goal where I would go. Oh, my goal is to have my own company that is a paint company. Yes. Like I would right. set that. You'd still as be an entrepreneur. Thing. Yeah, because I also I often tell people if I couldn't do this anymore, I think I would coach. I would make an attempt to coach college soccer. Yeah, I think that's what I would. I would. I would. But already I know the route that I would take to try to get back into that mindset of getting to that level and then trying to work my way up. Now, I'm not saying that that is easy at all. This is no. all fantasy talk. Well, of course. But in my mind, my goal would be, no, I want to coach at a high level, so this is my my goal is to do that. You think you'd love it? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know if I'd love it, but Did I think... Did you ever coach at all? Yeah, I coached, like, little kids when I was uh, in high school, and then I coached... Yeah, in high school I coached uh, a little bit, but not not really yeah. much. Um, and also way too young to really like coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked it. It was fine. It, the way, w- the, the shitty part about it is you just want to coach kids, but it's less coaching kids and it's more dealing with juggling parents. Yeah. I mean, I had a guy come up to me and this, this is a, a girl's team. I want to say they were like 
U8, U9. I mean, it was young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy came up, and he was furious that I had put his daughter in goal. Now, granted, there must have been five people that rotated because right. no one really wanted to play it. No one did. Right. So it was just her turn. Yeah. He was furious, and he had told me that he had, he saw his daughter as more of a Mia Hamm-style player. And I, like, started to laugh a little bit because I thought it was ridiculous. I was like, they're just eight. Like, what are you talking about? And I, I, but I quickly realized, like, oh, this guy's dead serious, and he's one of those dads. And th- I, I was like, oh, his approach to this is actually going to be ha- so harmful for this mm-hmm. kid, unfortunately. And it's going to ruin a sport that she might have liked. Mm-hmm. She might have also just been out there because her dad tells, yeah, you're great, you're going to do this, you're going to do these things. But it made the games so unfun it made practice so unfun that this other person just had to be there to tell you what their daughter needed and you couldn't go your inability to separate and allow your child to just be in the world is fucking awful and i'm telling you that and i am a senior in high school and i am like (laughs) this is not good for your life and also it i I hate it so i I didn't coach after that i was like i don't want to deal with fucking parents like and i was too young to be like Give me some like sixteen year olds, yeah, 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 and I'll coach sixteen right, year olds. Right, right, right. Um, but well, then you got parents being like, they're going to college for this, and you're like, maybe, maybe, are they? Yeah, maybe. I, that's why I think I could do it now because I have that perspective, and also at forty two, you know, you would be talking to parents who you're actually older than, which is doesn't that kind of blow your mind? <laughs> that if I went and coached a sixteen year old team, that way I'm probably all. older than the parents. Yeah. yeah. And you just go, I've played college soccer. None of you know what you're fucking talking about. So just fucking sit back and fucking <laughs> listen. I will tell you what, you would be surprised. There's a high percentage of parents that wants that guy to be the coach where you go, I understand you guys want to come to practice. None of you are allowed at practice. And I don't want to fucking hear what position your kid plays. More than half will go, I like this guy because yeah. I want to come watch the game and I want to know. If, if someone goes, I, I do you think know your the kid will play college soccer? In. A guy who shows up and go and says, I know what the fuck I'm doing and everyone needs to stay out of my way. If you're smart, you would go, I bet this guy knows how to get my kid into a college soccer team. Because <laughs> yeah. that's how my club coach was. Yeah, And yeah. he's right. He was right. Um, but, yeah, I think, I mean, that would be like a fantasy thing. It's, it's not In terms of this question, that's not a job I really had that I'd go yeah, back yeah, to. Yeah. But that is a fantasy I've always had in my mind. Now, granted, I could go try to do that and go, oh, I fucking hate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate this, and I hate the hours that it takes. But because it's so hands-on and I'm not an office guy and it's some a sport that I really do understand how to play, um, I think I'm drawn to, to yeah. that. What about what about you? What would you go back to? Uh, I don't want to dig graves Daniel. again. Daniel. I know. I, I thought about that. Do I want to go back to being a federal agent? I would have ended up probably transferring. <laughs> it's almost, it almost sounds like like that is a bit, but it's not. <laughs> um, and the fact that it's not a bit makes it funnier than if it was a bit. I, would, I don't want to be a door guy again. I don't know if I want to go back to being a federal agent. I don't um, want to be a door guy again. I really loved working at Second City. It was so much fun, but it was also torture because I'm like. What did you do there? Showed people to their seats, made nachos, restocked the That's bar. That's not you. I know, and I, and I'm that I'm so close to the campfire, but I'm not. You're also on the other side right, of the wall, and you're saying. like, I'm good enough to be. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Uh, I really loved farming, but it's very solitary, and I think I would not like that yeah. part of it. Um, That's less of a job and more of a lifestyle. Sure. So I think probably bartending. With yeah, the same I thing as that. I would have my own bar. I could see that. Because I get such gratification of when people come into the bar, like, this is good music. I really yeah. like the lighting in it. Like, let's yeah. just stay here. I know we're yeah. supposed to go to dinner, but I really like this bar. Yeah. Um, you know so, what I always like? This, I, this is why I'm, yeah. I'm saying this because this is how I picture you. I always like it when the owner, like, it's the owner of the bar, but they, the, and like, they, they just see that they're busy and they just step in and go, what are you having? Yeah. And you're like, owner's gonna make it and the owner's like wait old-fashioned yeah, yeah. there you go old-fashioned and like helps out even like at a pizza place or whatever yeah, you just yeah. see the owner go that look let me just prove to you no one gave me this job i right. fucking worked up i know all yeah. the fucking positions yeah. and they jump in and they do it and then they go you guys feel like you're caught up all right i'm gonna go back over here have my drink and watch the game and it i always just like oh how fun 
It's like you got subbed into the game and they go, just give us two good minutes. Yeah. Just two good minutes yeah. back on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I could see that. You being like, yeah, I started bartending here and then I, you know, I saved enough and I thought, oh, fuck it. I'm going to buy the place. So oh. I got rid of this. I put the pinballs over there. I did like, you're like, yeah, it's fun now. And you're like, yeah, anyways, let me get out for him behind the bar. Let's go. Chat. Yeah. I would love it. I think that would be my thing. Yeah. This was good. I would like that too. And I've never done that. It's well. I it's did work at a pizza. It place. feeds the same. I did work at a pizza place, and I did yeah. cherish that. Yeah, but also that might have been my age where I. Uh, it. We love this as always. If you're listening, you can let us know a job that you had that you would go back to. Or That's right, Rob. Uh, Rob. Rob. We wish you well. Rob. Sincerely, your pen pals. Rory Scovel. Rory Scovel, Daniel Van Kirk. Watch your mouth. Wait, where am, where am I? Where am I and when? Oh, I'm at my friend's wedding, and you guys can't come to that. So I'm going to take that off my website and the ticket link. I don't know why I put that up there. He's going to be livid. You get to a wedding, and you're like, hey, I invited some of my fans. Yeah. Open, <laughs> you said, okay. You have an open bar. I do a Patreon, and I sold some tickets. This is the meet and greet. Yeah. I, all of your rooms are actually for my fans. Can we, can we get some of that block code? Yeah. Yeah. Do uh, you mind if they cut the cake before you guys do? Hey, go to DanielVanKirk.com if you want to hang out with me in the South. Uh, <laughs> Just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, Louisiana and Texas. Some dates in there. Those might be my last official tour dates of the year. Yep. And then I'm doing uh, Nashville, Chicago, and Brooklyn. Sklars and I are doing Live Don't People Town and a stand-up show thrown in there. And then Rory and I will be doing... Um, well, you're doing Zanies Nashville at the end of October, and then we'll both be in Houston for the Come and Take It Comedy Festival. Yep. Everything's up at danielvankirk.com. Yes. Let's, Let's go back to the... Let's, here it is. We did it, right? Yeah. Ready? Whoa, was that the Matrix? Got it. <laughs> Dear Rory and Daniel... No, it doesn't. I feel bad for all the people who are like, why would they write it in like that? Who are those people? A lot. <laughs> I saw Rory out on his this recent tour. And during the show, he said something that really resonated with me. <laughs> he was talking about sex and how weird and hard it is to be so vulnerable with insects. Even insects. With insects. With insects? I, with I knew insects. it. You cannot write with insects. You can't. Well, no, you I know can. that you can. It's so hard you to be so vulnerable within sex. It still sounds like it. It sounds like I'm having sex with bugs, and that's where I'm hung up. Even with his wife, who is a human, someone he's been with for years. It's something I'm working in, on in sex therapy right now. Uh, parentheses, talk therapy, digging into hangups and complexities or nuances around things like sexual identity, sexual intimacy, fetishes, etc. Close parentheses. I've uncovered a lot about how much my Catholic upbringing fucked me up and how affected I am by society's unrealistic uh, expectations of women and sex. And on top of that, vulnerability and communication of desires can be so normal and natural for some people and so difficult and complicated for others. Rory, I really appreciate you giving a voice to that very real real feeling. And Daniel, your openness and acceptance of sexuality has helped normalize something that for some people can be very loaded. I mean, we all changed a little bit when you told us what sounding is. I know I did. That's for, I'm saying that. <laughs> Thanks a, for always keeping it real. XO, XO. Uh, okay, Zozo. Um... That's what I think the name is. Mm -hmm. uh, Can I say the dumb one of the dumbest things I've ever said? Please. Fine. This is how fucking straight male I am. What are society's unrealistic expectations of women and sex? Is that do you mean that? Yeah, hundred percent. I think 
this is my, this is it. we're gonna you feel we're like gonna you check in know? with Lissa. Why? She's a woman. Uh, we're gonna check in with Lissa. But my guess is that uh, I think there's a lot. I'm in, being genuine. Yes, I think there's a lot in body image. I think there. I think women, ch- girls, children. Uh, are brought up to believe that they are meant to look a certain way. I think they're brought up to believe that they're meant to behave a certain way. I think they're brought up in what many would consider a man's world, and they would say these are the expectations of who you're supposed to be. I think in terms of the expectations no of you. sex. Yeah, okay, I, think in terms of, to... I think in terms of expectations of sex, I think it falls into the same category of expectations of being a homemaker, expectations of being in the kitchen, expectations of r- independently raising your children because your husband has the job. I think, but those all are unrealistic expectations in society. How do, how do you mean sex? Well, I think society views women as, I think objectively, I think there's like women are viewed as objects, meaning, Hey, you're meant to function as these things in our home. And then don't forget in the bedroom, this is the expectation of what you're supposed to bring to me. And I think that, am I close, Lizza? I think that that. What if Liz was like, Rory's more right than anyone I've ever heard in my life? Or more <laughs> wrong. No, I, I don't think that what you said is wrong. I would go further uh, to say that for a lot of uh, a lot of exchanges for women, sex is meant to be some sort of transaction. Like yes. if a man buys you a drink, there's an expectation that you now. Or dinner. Or dinner that yeah. now he is owed Sex. Yeah. I bought you dinner. Why do you? What, what do you, you know what why can I sad? not kiss you at the end of you that? You know what makes me sad? Really quick on that. I sadly, just through the law of averages and our current society, you and I know a monster. I don't know who they are, but we must, right? Monsters. Yes. Yes. I don't knowingly know who they are. If you know more than five men, <laughs> I hate you to say this, monster. but like we probably know a rapist. The, the odds are very, very good because we know a lot of men. Now, of what you know and the type of person you are, do you know anybody who's like, if I buy her a drink, she's got to fucking put out? I've never. Me either. I've never heard a man I, say that. I. Now, it's granted, obviously 100% granted, true. It's obviously 100% true. Right. But I'm but like, also, I fucking, who are these fucking, obviously I can open up social media, uh, go to any woman's casual post about lunch and read comments saying these who the, these who are these men are. But also, you have to factor in the reason that we, you and I maybe sit here and go, "Oh, I have not heard a man say that," is because socially we have found ourselves in positions where uh, the 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 very nature of us getting into a conversation like that with someone is probably a friend or someone who's of a similar nature in their interpretation of what buying a drink, buying going on a date even could you imagine if a guy said to you so i buy her fucking drinks all night long nothing won't put out it almost sounds like a script from a movie i would look at this guy and go what (laughs) i'm not perfect but in this scenario i would go are you is this a bit yeah you genuinely thought this i think this is obviously these men exist ad nauseum i think i think it's because our it's interpret- obviously like, that it's a instance, problem. You and I saying this, even though we sound so fucking great by even saying it, are sadly probably the exception, not the rule still in our fucking society that is still primed for Woodstock 99. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let's I, I think it's also interpretation or perception. Because my, me, You made me think of it when you said that. I was like, yeah, who these fucks? My perception of buying a drink... Force it. Like if I were single right now and I offered to buy a drink or bought a drink or whatever, my interpretation of that is, hey, I'm showing you one of my playing cards and it's that I am clearly, I find you attractive or I'm interested and I'm just saying, hey, I bought you a drink. But I think the way that I was raised or maybe my natural interpretation of these things is like, well, now I sit back and I wait to see what your card is and if your card is like blank oh you bought me oh you bought me a drink and maybe things become flirting to me it's all nonverbal communication of something there's also a world where you just buy someone uh, a drink in terms of what we're talking about that would be me going hey i want to buy you a drink which is an action you take when you're trying to communicate like hey i'm trying to like talk to you or get to know you or yeah, flirt with yeah, you yeah, or yeah. or or maybe you do buy the drink and you go i'm going to buy your drink because i hope that maybe sparks the fact that later on we do have sex and that is a realistic thought 
but I but think my spark, expectation, fire. I think that's what I think, is where I go, yeah, I bought her a drink, but then she didn't want the drink, or we didn't really talk, and I don't look at it and go, but now I'm out fucking seven bucks, or whatever the fuck it would be. I would just go, oh, I bought, I, I just had to find out that that was not the right. pitch for me to swing Sorry, on. I totally derailed what Liz was saying. Pitch, I, I said I got- pitch as I said it, I go, did someone think? Well, that so that was something I was thinking about for like single women with sex, sure. but also like within a relationship, I think there are certain, I mean, I don't think this applies to either of you. I don't think I, I genuinely don't, but all right, relax. But she goes, when good guys. <laughs> case, clo- case closed. <laughs> we still don't even know. It could be we still don't even insulting know she's gonna to say. us that she's about to say something good about yeah, other people. I don't think it applies to you, but you guys are stupid, so maybe it does. Um, you know, like, if it's it's really hot in L.A. right now, sure. and maybe a woman, like, wants to not wear a lot of clothes at home. Sure. And all of a sudden, that triggers some sort of, like, sexual interaction or engagement from her partner yeah that's unwanted she's just hot yeah or maybe it's been a long day and she takes her bra off and she just wants to go braless because she's tired of being in a bra yeah and then her spouse or her partner is like hell yeah Yeah. like let's do this thing yeah like it can be hard to be comfortable even in your own space as a woman sometimes. Yes. If there's an expectation that any move you make is triggering. Because a man can have his shirt off in almost every state and county and town, but if a woman does it, it's instantly sexualized. I think in this, in terms of this. I'm saying the the sexualization is always present. Sure. Regardless of action or intent. My wife is so mature that if I took my shirt off, uh, she wouldn't even look at me or even slightly consider having sex with me and i think well, that's she's, because she's very mature it's not because she's not attractive she's to me. a locust she's wildly attractive it's because she's a locust a fact she's an insect yes and it's also because she's a praying mantis and i just <laughs> i just find her attractive there's big eyes there's big bug eyes with insects um i can i say on, uh, finally on this yeah go for it i have no idea what i'm talking about it makes I me think feel that is... it makes me feel wildly uncomfortable and I'm excited to not be so dumb. Okay. Because when it, like that that one sentence, I was like, "What are the unreal?" Yeah. I have no, like yes. sometimes you just gotta go. Hey, I don't know. Yeah. If you say so, I have yes. to trust you. Yes. Because I don't. My perspective, even if I thought it right, could still be wrong. Yes. And stuff that I talk about in my to your point, there's stuff that I talk about in my act where also, it's a it's a comment on the varying degrees of sexuality that people have. I am wildly more sexual than my wife. And you have to find a middle ground. And I can't sit here and say everything Lissa said that I am, like, absolved of. Like, I'm some angel. You know, if, if, right. if Jordan is like, yeah, I'm not wearing so much because it's hot. I am I am the guy who's like, we should have sex, right? <laughs> like, that's, I'm like, because you're almost naked, and I can easily be naked so quickly. We should right. just have... I'm I, naked under these clothes. I'm already naked if you don't count my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, and, and, and it is, that that is a space, to answer your question, it is this, uh, it is a very difficult, uncomfortable space. And a lot of that, in terms of society's expectations, and I, I know how this can sound... But there's a lot of men whose perceptions aren't necessarily manifested on their own of why they're even drawn into those things. The same way a woman is like, well, I feel body issues and body images are such a thing because all of these magazines and stuff. We are equally affected in in a different type of way by thinking that is who we are supposed to be. Oh, my expectation. Oh, that a woman is supposed to look. Yeah. Oh, a woman is supposed to be sexual. It's why um, a lot of parents and people now worry about young people's perception of what sex is if it isn't taught in schools and talked about openly and parents don't do the hard job of having conversations with their kids about sex because if a child's perception of sex only ever comes from something they saw in porn or pornography, it gives them a misperception of mm-hmm. what their sexual partner may want when they have sex. So they might be like, what are you doing? You're not doing the thing 
that I, I, I thought it's supposed to be this, and it's supposed to come from this uh, place. And it's actually, I think, traumatic and harmful for both both parties. The porno I saw in the alley behind Rosemary's house, no girl wants to Why does she picture. hide her porn out there? What? Why does Rosemary hide her porn she in the alley? She sent it out to be burned. It was old stuff. She didn't want it anymore. Don't even start with me. She knew don't exactly. You start with don't me. you start with me? Don't you finish with I me? Wish I if did I start know. with you, don't you finish with me? I have theories on who threw that porn in that garbage can. Give me one. Bill Russell, not the basketball player. Okay, then I don't want to hear it. Okay. Because <laughs> I only want to hear that Bill Russell came to Rosemary's house and goes, "Rosemary, come on, you can't." Thankfully, we got to get. This I might out be wrong on what his name, so we can't be sued. <laughs> Also, you're going to sue for that. Liz, what else? Well, I just, I wanted to do a clarification and then another comment. You two. (laughs) I don't think that there's anything wrong with, like, when you were saying that you're guilty of whatever, when, if Jordan's wearing less clothes, with. Oh, I am. That turning you on of, like, turn ons are turn ons. Yes. But it's, it's what that her partner's a woman's partner's expectation is yes about what's going to happen next so yeah, like yeah, a yeah. desire versus an expectation that's yes. just I ask a different you, Lisa, really quick do you yeah. also feel like total outside perspective i'm not imbuing this with anything other than a genuine question do you also feel like we are in the most sexual agency for women than we've ever been like what do you mean by that where would you want to wear Fuck the oh, people. sexual power, independence, or or yeah. like like the like the days of like, I don't know. I just feel like we're in much more of a like, the woman, you know, like well he finishes and then we're done. Like no, fuck that. I'm this. I'm having this sex too. Like, are we in way more of a sexual empowerment and agency of women through either dress, expression, wants, desires, needs? I mean, more people are sex workers now than. Ever? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, which is only natural, I guess, in terms of progression. There's only going to be more. But, like, the OnlyFans through, like, COVID and all these people being like, you know what? I Fuck it. Like, who cares? Like, I can show my body. I It doesn't make me, you know, a bad mom or a horrible daughter or whatever right. bullshit society stuff people try to say to women. I think the notion of agency in general, um, like, that word has been used a ton, especially over the past few years. And I think that that is... Uh, it, there's th- this huge comeuppance for women in all aspects, and that includes sex. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like so I yeah, I think you're right too. because we're doing kind of a massive overhaul about um, how women are perceived and what is considered, you know, acceptable or unacceptable, and that you know, and in in so many areas. I yeah. feel like, and I could be wrong. Maybe I'm more right, but I feel like more. There are w- way more men than there were 20 years ago who would say you don't get to stare or obviously touch or even talk to a woman in a certain way because of how she's dressed whereas 20 years ago it was more of a more of a bullshit excuse than it is now yeah like you'll find for it. you'll find more men at the bar to be like leave her the fuck alone you than hope. you would have well, I mean, I spent... I think it's regional. The last, I, I spent nine years of the last decade in a bar. Yeah. And I felt like I, in a very, like, y- young, hip yeah. part of Los Angeles, and, and I felt like there was a much more of a, like, like, if somebody was like, are you wearing a bra? Like, men and women, including the woman herself, would be like, whoa, Shut dude, the what the up. fuck? I like, think it's regional. I think that's yeah, that's yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that could be too. Where, where it's the it is the etiquette and it's the talked about and it's the willing to listen and it's the, you know, I mean, you go to plenty of places that are still like, well, I don't understand why women have jobs, and you would go, whoa, you're still there, yeah. <laughs> you're still at that point. Yeah. I think women supporting women is so essential right now. But yes. to your point, uh, the more men that take responsibility for uh, leveling all of this bullshit out, yeah. the better we're going to be. So you're absolutely, I mean, they, yeah, if, if we're getting pushback there because the fact of the matter is like society is still run by men, like it it just is and we're trying to level that out or even right. it out, whatever. But yeah. uh, that change is going to be the most impactful, yeah. I think. The other comment I wanted to make is, that's all the time we have. Oh, uh, got it. 
I had, those were like two examples. This feels like a Q&A, and I, honestly, it's making me feel so important. <laughs> those were two <laughs> examples that I gave mm-hmm. of um, this, like, expectations. Right. I bet every woman listening to this podcast has a different list of examples that they could give about expectations. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, and it's not just with that. I mean, it's with all aspects of being a woman and societal expectations of a woman. There, there's just this ongoing list. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I just want, those were two examples I gave, and I know that women, all women out there I know have, we really, like, there's not a single question mark in this letter, but I know that we, we like, really focus on that. I do think, though, and this is key, right? Because it's being talked about here um, uh, by the person who wrote this. It's being talked about here of, like, you talking about it, Rory, resonated with them. They identified that they want to be in sex therapy. They're uncovering a lot about how Catholic uh, upbringings fucked them up and how it affected them. And then, um, you know, they talk about even when we talk about it, uh, this feels self-serving, but that's not why I'm doing it. Like my openness or, or acceptance of sexuality, that we are in a time of more people, hopefully outside of those like cultures where it's like you fucking shut the fuck up but like yeah. outside of that people maybe even they are in their own ways in those towns and cultures and cities um being like i think i i'm i i want to be able to say what i want like yeah hopefully we are in more of like an open well uh, it feels like we are but like you said man the bubble we live in is fucking yeah big and thick well a sped up which a sped is a up sexual a sped up backstory and very as fast as possible. Okay. When I was doing those improvised shows in Atlanta and we filmed it, I, you know, you're making up, you're making the whole show up. And so there was a night, I believe it was Wednesday night, where I just, I didn't have something to say. And I just said that I had watched gay porn. My brain was like, just say that you've watched it. Like, make a confession. Say mm-hmm. something vulnerable. Say something that you, you, you think is like, oh, the, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. This is a topic. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying it. And the, it, the light bulb went off of how many people I could just sense were like, Oh, that's interesting. Okay, like, why? And then I just started, well, I was like, well, I don't know what this show is, so uh, here's why, or here's what I found out, or here's what I have watched in porn, or here's what I'm into. And I found, like, being very vulnerable about it uh, was actually not that difficult. And it was very relieving to, like, say all of this stuff that was sexual. And I found over time, because my current hour has a lot of sex stuff in it, Mm -hmm. that's mostly what it is, all that comes from a place of vulnerability and wanting to say these absurd things that I think people maybe think are taboo that you're not supposed to talk about and try to put it out there to say, I think it's almost absurd that we don't ordinarily in such a very normal way talk about sex and sexuality, even the extreme things that you think are so different or if you think they're weird or bad, like saying them because I think that it's a benefit to everyone to get this thing off of their chest to go, hey, or you might be it. into, you might be into something, but, and you think that defines you in some way as like you're like, you're different, but there is a little bit of relief if you found out, no, a, lot, a ton of people, a ton yeah. of people. I mean, just at the base point of going, you know, there are people who enjoy sex and there are people who don't enjoy sex. There's people who don't enjoy sex because they don't, they, there isn't something about it. Nope. They just don't enjoy it. It's yep. not for them. Yep. There's so many different categories that you would go, okay, so what if you do enjoy sex? And someone being like, I don't know, maybe I, I've only had this kind of sex, so I don't really understand. Like, to me, it is the same as going, well, I want to be cultured in art. I want to be cultured in food. I want to know what wine. I now view sex as those things. They're just it's different in the sense of going, well, it does, in some cases, maybe involve another person who you need to be on that same page with you. But instead of looking at it as just as making a baby or making love or whatever, I think we also, men and women and everybody, I think, has like different variations of lustful things that you want. And I think Catholic upbringing makes you think that that is sinful and you're going to go to hell, but you didn't put that there. It wasn't your choice. The things that turn you on or you like, you're meant to feel a sense of shame about, and I think that is what's caused the recipe to fucking spoil when I really think that's what makes us so interesting and unique. And when you meet people who really openly talk about their sexuality and what they like, your first instinct is almost like, whoa, this person's really opening up, but it 
very quickly you go, oh, this person almost seems like they're not afraid of anything right. because they're simply saying, yeah, I mean, maybe it's weird, but I didn't decide it. I just fucking like dot, dot, dot. You know what right. I mean? And, and, I I, do, and I go about it in a healthy way. And I go about it in a healthy way. I think that's, I think if you openly talked about it, you would maybe find young people stepping into their sexuality, learning how to go about it a healthy way. Right. And maybe learning how to control their urges in a mature way and control their expectations of women, for instance, so that, in a mature way. So that then, then they, they can, can try fuck, anal. Fuck. Try it. Try anal. That goes for men and women. Get in there. Get in there. Breathe. That's how we end it. Breathe through it. Um, <laughs> what a great, this is a great letter. I agree. Um, I read uh, it. I read it or you read it? I read it. Well, um... That's how good we are at this show. We we're can't. so good, our voices are identical. And we can't even remember. We wish you well. Sincerely. Your pen pals. Rory and Daniel. Pen Pals is produced by Lissa Rubin and engineered and mixed by Chad Bouchard. Our artwork was created by Jeffrey Tice, and our theme music is by Patrick Keenan of The Winter Sounds. You can follow Pen Pals on Twitter and Instagram at the Pen Pals Pod. You can see all of that content thanks to Caitlin Bordini, who runs our social media. Head to youtube.com slash Daniel Van Kirk Comedy to watch these episodes absolutely free and subscribe to patreon.com slash penpals. For only $5, you can listen to a follow-up letter every week, and you'll be the first to hear all upcoming Pen Pals news but the easiest way to support the show is to rate review and subscribe on itunes and tell everyone you know about your two favorite cackling idiots hashtag grow the show it wasn't so long ago Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.